Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast. I'm Rich Ellis, and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation, and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry, but not only get in, but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. And we are back to the PT Graduate Podcast. Welcome along again. And my guest today is Alexander Roach. Hello, Alexander. How are you? Fantastic. How have you been? Yeah, really well. Really well. I'm still enjoying the uh, stunning summer that we've got here in uh, in Auckland. So not complaining about the heat. That's why I moved to New Zealand. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's no. been an endless summer, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been so consistent. I'm glad that humidity's dropped, but otherwise, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, definitely a welcome change to um, some of the past summers that we've had. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for yeah. sure, absolutely. So um, before we uh, before we got going, I was sort of saying, you know, I've been been trying to do a bit of a uh, bit of digging, bit of stalking, you know, try <laughs> find out a little bit about you. I've obviously we've met a couple of times, but um, uh, don't know that much. So it'd be it'd be good to to get you to fill in the blanks. I've obviously you're in the industry, so you're a PT, you're a, a a nutrition enthusiast or even nutritionist i'm not sure you can correct me on that sure. um you're a massive star wars fan by the looks of things that's one thing i did find out <laughs> of all the digging that's what you come back with that's, uh, it did stand out curious. it did stand yeah. out <laughs> i will have to curate that uh, persona a little bit better no it's uh, you're right um I, I don't have a lot of information out on the um on the internet uh, about yeah. myself i tend to stay away from social media um websites i just can't be bothered to maintain um you know i i, I understand that 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 is uh, a very important business aspect but um in terms of things that i'm good at maintaining a social media presence is not one of them and yeah. um i've my business personally has not suffered for it i'm sure it could be a lot better uh, yeah. but um i'm exactly where i need to be and want to be um with that right now so um, i i have not felt the need to to be on social media to promote me uh to promote myself sure. that said i've been doing this for quite a while and um the people that know me know me well and uh, i'm yeah. are very confident uh, to refer on to their uh friends family and uh co-workers so mm -hmm. yeah, that's usually how i get up there fair enough i mean if it's working for you then you know why change it you know you just shouldn't have to feel sucked into the the vortex of social media no, I do think every now and again uh, that I should dip my toes back in there, but I find myself deleting Facebook again and again mm. and again. That's just, mm. I cannot be bothered mm. with it. Fair yeah. enough. So, yeah, so, so, so um, give us a bit of background. So, you know, how did you get into the industry? When was that? And um, obviously you're not from these shores. So when you, when did you shift here? And uh, yeah, give us the, the backstory. Uh, okay. So um, I am Canadian by design and uh, left Canada when I was 22, 23, um, just to maybe spend an, uh, a year over in Australia, mm. as a lot of people do, and ended up staying there for 10 years. Um, so what I was doing at that time when I first shifted uh, across the ocean was uh, working in IT, uh, designing databases and all that other fun stuff right. for uh, the back end side of uh, websites. Yeah. Um, 
And this is going back early 2000. So I'd say 2004. Yeah. Um, so the internet was not what it is now. Um, it was a lot <laughs> simpler, actually. Um, anyway, so I was working from home and it was going well, but um, I wasn't getting out much. And I was sitting at my window and I'd see boot campers go running by and people just enjoying the outside. Mm. And, um, you know, moving to Australia from Canada, being outside has a very different feel. Uh, yes. It's a lot warmer, a lot more sunshine. <laughs> And I found myself wanting to be outside more. So I decided to, in uh, in my business, and just kind of restudy and uh, become a personal trainer. And yeah. um, that's how I got into it. Um, and I just, from there, fell in love with the industry. It was uh, something that was right up my alley. I enjoyed being active instead of behind a desk. I enjoyed mm. working with people rather than um, computers. Mm. And uh, it, it, it was just taking all the right boxes. So um, mm. I want to say that was probably 2006-ish, thereabouts, when I got uh, got stuck into the fitness industry. Um, brand new to the industry. I was running boot camps um, as the second in command. Um, I was working at uh, one of the big uh, local gyms uh, in Australia. Um, all the usual stuff that PTs go through. Mm. Um, and then from there, I just uh, kind of honed my skill a little bit more and, um, you know, zeroed in on where I wanted to be, started working more with uh, smaller communities and um, partnering with people that were doing um, things that were a lot more interesting than I was um, as far as like mainstream. Mm. So from there, I went into the special populations. There was uh, a program running in Sydney called Community Strength and Balance. Okay. Community Strength and Balance? Mm. I can't remember. Something to that effect. Mm. Um, where um, they'd send out uh, professionals to people's homes, um, in this case, personal trainers, um, and they would work with these older people that don't get out, can't get to the gyms, and just to work with them to get a little bit stronger. Mm. Um, that project wound down, but the people that were seeing me really benefited from me coming around, um, both socially and uh, physically, so they, mm. they kept me going and saying, look, we want you to keep coming. So that turned into um, uh, more of a, a private focus for myself. Um, about, let's see, 2013, decided to check out this side of uh, the Tasman. And yeah, so we yeah. moved over here, my wife and I okay. moved over here. Yep. Uh, my wife, Lisa, she is uh, an amazing uh, trainer in uh, her own regard. She mm. is... Um, qualified as a conductive educator so she uses rhythm uh to instigate movement with people it's um a practice that came out of uh, hungary um mm. way back in the day and um you know the, there's uh, england um what is it the uh, birmingham university picked up yep. the program and ran with it as well yep. and so she studied in birmingham became a conductive educator and has traveled around the world um helping people with uh, stroke, cerebral palsy, um, MS, uh, Parkinson's and the like. So she's a movement specialist. Mm, mm. Um, And then we just combine forces because why wouldn't you at this Mm. point? Um, Yeah. So a few years in New Zealand, we started up um, uh, an operation called Counterpunch Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. So this combined the best of... um, what uh, Lisa has uh, in her toolkit with uh, rhythm and movements. Um, Mm -hmm. We combine that with boxing. So um, people with Parkinson's typically in their seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, they're not getting in the ring and hitting each other. They're they're going through boxing training style Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. exercises. 
because we found that um, you know that is very rhythmic. Um, it increases, it uh, encourages larger movements, which is what uh, people with Parkinson's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and balance is a big thing as well because of that uh, that stance that you have. And plus the of course the exercise, the high intensity exercise is really really good to help uh, manage the condition. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And even more recently, um, we've decided that, uh, you know, this is all fine and dandy, but what if we had a place to do this that was all our own instead of working out of other boxing gyms? Yeah. So we've, uh, we've, we've taken over a space, uh, put up some boxing bags, and we now have a company called Unruly Company because of the oh. people that come through there. Uh, ah. They are unruly. So we do keep Unruly Company. Um, Superb. Yeah. And it's not just uh, Parkinson's and um, it, we dev- do have uh, mainstream clients in there and yeah. uh, we kind of use that as a bit of a social enterprise. So mm. the, uh, the, the, the money that uh, the mainstream clients bring in help keep a roof over our heads so we can use that facility to um, service the, uh, the other population. Yeah. 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 In a nutshell, that's, that's what is, uh, Love it. has been going on. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So I, I think really I need to get Lisa on as my next guest, don't I? I because... think so. I think you are going to have a wonderful time talking to Lisa. She has yeah. a very colourful background. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. And, and, and I just like that niche that she's picked out and, uh, and run with and, mm-hmm. um, and the way that you've partnered together to kind of build on the strengths of both of your experiences. And, uh, and, and like you say, you've got that nice mix of mainstream and, and non-mainstream, which support each other and I guess yeah. probably make it sustainable. So for, for people out there who maybe having, have come across clients who, who may need that sort of support, whereabouts are you based? We're based in Auckland, so up on the North Shore, um, Hobsonville. Yeah. That's where we yeah. run our facilities from. But yeah. our Counterpunch brand is nationwide. We have, at last count, 15 locations across uh, New Zealand. Um, right. So we run um, courses uh, a few times a year. Um, last year was a little bit weird mm. because of COVID, so we did yeah. not. But uh, we run courses and we teach other personal trainers and allied health professionals how to structure their exercise sessions for people with Parkinson's in a uh, boxing based um, exercise environment. So, and then they go back to their own facilities or to um, their community gyms um, Mm. and they run their programs out of there. Okay. So, um, so are those people uh, who are now running that as a result of that education, would they just be um, newly educated or would they be like an affiliate or a licensee or ha- what's the relationship ongoing um we call it an affiliation yeah. so um they would come and do our course and providing that um they pass and uh, we're happy with it because you know we're kind of fussy about who's running our courses we want we do have yeah. a, a standard that we yeah. want to maintain um then we invite them to become an affiliate and that just means that they can one call their program counterpunch parkinson's and it might be you know uh counterpunch parkinson's christchurch or Counterpunch parkinson's taupo wherever they are you can name it whatever Hmm. um and with that affiliation they have ongoing support from us so if they ever need anything they can always message us um they get listed in our directory so if there are um, parkinson's community educators out there that are working with parkinson's new zealand or people with parkinson's new zealand um, they know that they can confidently refer their clients to these exercise groups because that coach has undergone 
yeah. training specifically with Lisa because they, they know Lisa and <laughs> yeah, yes, and how fastidious she is. Fantastic. So, so Lisa's already got the relationship with with Parkinson's New Zealand um, as a, I guess, a provider under their umbrella. Um, uh, that is a tricky one. Um, okay. How to navigate that one? So, not a provider under their umbrella, rather than a provider okay. that works alongside their um, their services, but definitely independent fiercely okay. independent oh, okay okay um yes and so um they have uh, they being uh, uh parkinson's new zealand doesn't have any say on how we run these because we have our own standards that we okay. want to run to to make sure that sure. no one is excluded the thing with um organizations um not just parkinson's new south wales any of those organizations uh not new south wales but uh New Zealand hmm. um, is that um, if you're not within their service industry, then you cannot access their services. But we don't want to limit that. We want anybody with Parkinson's, hmm. no matter where you are, to come in uh, and not be limited. Of course. Um, so you'd get leads from other organizations as well, like uh, care home organizations, hospitals. Yeah. Yep. So care facilities um, that have a large portion of parkinson's um and there's a lot of them out there uh, mm. the last time we looked it was they said one in 400 people are going to develop parkinson's wow. um, which is a very high rate um i would guess that it's actually a little bit higher than that so i can't remember the last time they counted those numbers but yeah. um i would not be surprised to see if it's actually a little higher okay um so these care facilities will be looking for programs to run and that would be definitely one of them yeah right 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 so it's a, a very, um, I guess, in-demand uh, service, which are there many other providers that would sort of sit in that space? And I mean, obviously, boxing's a little bit specialized, but that, that, that do provide support for, for sufferers of Parkinson's? Um, yeah, there are a few different uh, programs available. There is, um, oh, what's that one? LSV. I think it's called. I right. don't remember what those letters yeah. stand for, but it's a, it's a big and loud, so they encourage bigger movements, louder movements. Right. Um, and uh, there's this other outfit whose name escapes me at the moment, um, run solely by physiotherapists. Um, okay. And they are, I think, based in Australia, but they do run programs here. Yeah. Um, but it's um, also very limiting um, because they are. Uh, limiting their service providers to just physiotherapists and then uh, the price point that comes with that makes it very inaccessible for okay. a lot of people um, when you're charging somebody um, six thousand dollars for a you know a, a six-week program I don't I don't know how they can afford that a lot of these yeah. guys are pensioners not used to spending mm. money on themselves so mm. you know programs like ours where it's you know $15 a session is a little bit more uh, within their reach. Um, and in my opinion, it's just as good, if not better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, um, how does your week go? How, do, how much of your time is spent in that specific area of the business as opposed to the more mainstream that you referred to earlier? Um, Portion-wise, uh, so we do run quite a few classes a day for Parkinson's, um, yeah. as well as uh, take care of uh, our affiliates. So yeah, I, I yeah. would say it's like at this point right now, once you get the hang of it and you've got that wheel going, it just, it, it, it's all about momentum. Mm. And so there's not a lot of push that needs to be done. Every now and again, when we have a course coming up, of course, we're going to have to advertise and get yep. um, 
bums in seats, we'll say. Hmm. Um, but uh, there is enough demand that it does ro- run itself. Um, we just have to show up and, and use our expertise and make sure that um, everyone is getting a benefit out of it. So uh, yeah. in a week, I'd say five, six hours wow. of, yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 Um, we've got, uh, we run prostate cancer groups as well. So there's another few uh-huh. hours there. Yeah. Um, the core business of Unruly Company, um, that is a small group training. So um, with COVID restrictions, we are limited to class sizes of 12. Yeah. So yeah, uh, small group training, yeah. um, but uh, group training nonetheless. And so we're running most days, uh, four classes a day. Um, right. And uh, so there's, a, and all the gaps in between are filled with one-to-one clients that want private tuition, either right because it's uh, something a little bit more focused for them. Um, mm. and it, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, Parkinson's related or disability related. It uh, can definitely be someone who just wants to move and feel better and uh, yeah. manage injuries. So, yeah. 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 Sounds busy. Sounds like you've got it some, you've, yeah. I mean, obviously small group is the, is the way for the way forward from an income and leverage point of view of time. And, uh, there's always going to be that demand for the the individual stuff as well, isn't there? From people that you come into contact with, so it's a, it's a great way of sort of spreading things in terms of income between the the group and the the individual, so that it's uh, it comes in different lots across different times. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think mm. like the small group training, like it it already has had um, quite a few years of like really getting that build up, but I right. think it's going to go. Uh, absolutely gangbusters in the next few years um, yeah. it, it's going to be uh, one more affordable for people um, in these coming years because we all know it's coming um, yeah. but also um, aside from the affordability you have um, the the price of a one-to-one session versus you know a coaching session um, it, it just it, it puts it in that price range for people yeah. and they're not left to their own devices going to the gym because mm. um, you know I know a lot of people myself included if I don't have an appointment with somebody or I'm not booked in to be somewhere I'm just not going to go I'm going to find something else to do there's always going to be emails to send um, so taking myself to the gym to put myself through my own workout is definitely going to take a backseat to um, you know anything else that needs to be done absolutely so, absolutely yeah we're all, we're all just human, right? So we've got the it same is. challenges and the same frailties. <laughs> it's just true. finding a mechanism that works for you, isn't it? To keep you yeah. uh, doing what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're, um, going back to what I said at the beginning, nutritionist or nutrition enthusiast, I know that's an area of expertise for you. Oh, did, did I get that right? And- um, yeah, on both counts. So, yeah. um, you know, again, rewinding that clock back to the very beginning, um, mm learning about um yeah the fitness industry uh i very quickly realized and i think everyone does when they first started it's like you know this is only one side of the coin the other side is the the nutrition mm. and so um mm. you know i i went and did lots of studying got lots of um you know certificates and whatnot just for nutrition and um being in new zealand and i thought you know what i'm not going anywhere for a while i might as well just bite the bullet get the bachelor's degree uh for nutrition um at least it seems to think that i'm going to be continuing to study well into my 70s um <laughs> but uh no i'm not <laughs> i don't have any plans for a phd at this point sure but um 
I am I am this close to finishing my Bachelor of Science for Nutrition. Right. It's a three-year degree, and I am currently on year six. Well done. Because, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I should end up with a PhD at the end of this. Um, but that's, that's how it goes when you study part-time. I mean, we're trying to run a few businesses here. Yeah, I'm still yeah. trying to, you know, uh, mortgage to pay. Um, sure. And bills um so yeah. You know, yeah. fitting studying in on top of all of that uh just means it can take a little while longer but yeah you know, with anything you're not going anywhere i had a chat with uh, one of my clients last night and she was a little bit miffed that she wasn't getting the grades that she needed to get into like her next stage of the career and i said to her look you're not going anywhere if it takes a little while longer it takes a little while longer mm. um mm. you know it, i know you had plans for this but what if it happens next year yeah. What if it happens the year after that? And yeah. she's put it into perspective for him. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Good pragmatic approach. And um, you're right. I mean, when, whenever we when whenever we start something, if it's a, let's say it's a twelve month program, you know, it's like yeah, no problem. Twelve months, you know, eighteen months. Yeah, uh, it was you know. So that's just the reality. You're right. But as long as you can extend, then um, hey, you know, it'll get done eventually, like you say. Exactly. I mean, it's you know, we're here for a while. It's, yeah. You might as well just put in the hard yards and, and get it done. Nothing is going to be done quickly if it's uh, worth doing. You know, uh, um, for all those six week uh, challenges out there, um, the six week weight loss challenge, for example, you know that's the first step. You know, a victory comes from a thousand steps. It's, exactly. It's, it's going to take a while to get there. Just yeah. as long as you start, you're well on your way. Any particular sort of philosophy that has worked for you well in your clients with that nutrition? Because there are so many different flavors of nutrition, aren't there, in terms of the paradigms, I suppose. Is, is, is there one that, um, that sort of attracts you the most and, uh, and seems to be the best for your clients? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, uh, I was talking to this um, with a group the other day because um, we were talking about the difference between um, say keto or low carb or uh, the Mediterranean diet, uh, intermittent fasting, and they were wondering, mm. you know, which which what one should I do? And um, <laughs> the answer is very simple: it's like the one that works for you. Yeah. If you don't normally eat keto and you're like a vegetable lover, then keto is probably not going to go well for you. It's it's if it doesn't fit into your lifestyle. Um, if you are following bodybuilders that are telling you you need you need to eat six times a day. Um, to maintain that metabolism one that's really old information and it's yeah it's pretty, but um you know if people work people have lives they can't stop every three hours and eat so um yep. you know you have to find something that works for you um yep. as simple as it is it's like you know your five serves of veggies a day your two serves of fruit your protein and your dairy you know that's it doesn't have to be more complicated than that there's no mm. reason to complicate things um mm. if you are more comfortable with a vegetarian diet and that sits well with you and your body responds well, then you go for it. Um, there, there's not one diet that's going to suit everybody. Um, it's always going to be an experiment of one. Yeah. So yeah. Um, equals one for that one. Yeah. And uh, you, you got to find out. It might be hit and miss for a little while and then you're going to find something that suits you, your lifestyle, your routine. Um, it's all about consistency though. You just have to stick with it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's like going back to what I was saying. It's like you know, it's going to take a while, but settle in. Um, yeah, find that routine, yeah. stick with it, and and you will see uh, results. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Mm -hmm. I like it. Have you got any um, any 
things that have worked for you in terms of that client contact and the accountability slash support mechanism that um, keeps them on track? Because I find, you know, that's probably the trickiest thing. It's how much, how tough you are and how supportive you are, you know, in terms of getting people to stay yep. on track. Yep. Um, well, as a coach, and you'll probably find this with your clients, they'll, they'll often ask you, it's like, well, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> like you know yeah. with your training what do you do it's like mm. how often do you run what do you mm. eat and it's, it's mm. like well i'm me and you're you and i'll tell you what i do and you're not going to like any of this <laughs> um you know you don't want to run as much as i do or you don't want to eat the things that i eat but i'll yeah. definitely tell you yeah. but um to keep them on track um it's just that regular contact um and always asking them how it's going taking a, a, a vested interest and in an actual interest in what they're doing and um being empathetic as well um not everybody is to our standards so, you know we are health professionals and we know things that other people do not so yeah. we might have different drivers that other people do not you know take athletes for example they're mm -hmm. used to waking up at the crack of dawn training the house down eating super clean and then yeah you know getting themselves to bed they don't yeah. worry about um you know the the day-to-day -day getting into the office yeah. what did janet make for lunch this day it's like you know yeah. stuff like that so yeah. what works for them won't work for the average person and just realizing that that everybody has a life that's uh, revolving around them and uh, they're they going to make a decision that you don't agree with and just being mm. like hey look we're trying to do a thing you realize that we're trying to do a thing mm. um you know that that wasn't the right choice get back on track yeah you know yeah 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 good i like it just keep it keep it as simple and as straightforward as possible i think you're right you know, yeah it doesn't can... have to be complicated no no no, no. but yes yeah, that that consistent support and, and if you're consistent with the support then they'll be more consistent with the, the results i guess won't they exactly, exactly. yeah um so it's kind of that time where I start to pick people's brains for, uh, you know, top tips or things that uh, you've learned that no, you know, you wouldn't do again, um, that kind of thing. So what, uh, what would Alexander's top tips be? Where, what would you suggest? Top tips. Um, well, there's so many things that I've tried that haven't worked. Easy way to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, okay. Yeah, it's um, so everyone's got an opinion on how we all should be running our businesses or places that we should focus. And uh, mm -hmm. often people giving this advice have absolutely nothing to do with the industry that we're in. It's just like, oh, you know, my aunt said that it's just like one of those. Yeah. So um, follow your gut and don't really take into account too much um, to what those those other people are saying uh, you, need, you need to trust yourself so if someone's saying it's like oh you need to um, you need to advertise more on Facebook for example um, yeah there's great uh, eyeballs galore on Facebook um, you can sink a lot of money into that and uh, but again if you're not there if that's not in your gut is like that's what I want to do and that's that's where I want to focus then don't do it because it's not going to work just like with our clients, you know, that are looking to achieve a goal. Um, if it's not their goal, then it's not going to work. Um, and if it's not consistent, it's not going to work. So um, just like with our clients, you can't expect results right away. So you have to be um, wholeheartedly 
invested in whatever it is you're going to do. So um, mm-hmm. if it's a, an ad- avenue of uh, advertising or if you want to head down a particular path in the industry, uh, get more into, um, I don't know, uh, holistic movements or uh, bodybuilding, or if you want to go nutrition, to make sure you actually have an interest in that. And you're not just uh, following it because um, you can see that the market's kind of going that way and there's money to be made there because if your heart's not in it, people will know, you'll know, and you just won't be able to support people and it'll come back to bite you in the butt. I like that. Yeah, because that's 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 the authenticity, isn't it? It's uh, it is. is. It's you being you and um, and following a passion that can provide a service and support others. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like the authenticity and that that, uh, enthusiasm that people Mm. are buying into Mm. when you are your brand. um, They they are coming to see you, one, because you know what you're doing, um, but also because they like the way that you do what you're doing. Yeah. If if they can, and people will know if you're not being genuine. Absolutely. Totally. totally. I like that. That's awesome. Um, Any others? Any other top tips? Top tips. Um, one that's always gotten me uh, mm. through the tougher times was the fake it till you make it mentality. Right. So you know where you want to be, you know where you're going, um, and you might not be there yet, but if you pretend like you do, um, you'll eventually get there. And before you know it, um, you will be there and you'd already been acting that way. Right. Yeah. For, for a very long time. So, yeah. Um, in in our industry, there, um, look, we, we know more, um, even as graduates, fresh graduates, we know more than the average person who's just joined the gym. Mm. So, um, you know, if you put on that, I'm a specialist hat, mm. and you're working within your scope, um, mm. but if you put on that specialist hat and, and you're walking that walk and talking that talk, um, eventually you will get there. Um, just make sure that uh, you do enjoy being in that hat. Um, yeah because if it's if it's not the right fit again people say see you in that hat and probably should leave the hat analogy alone but um you will look silly in that hat i agree um and i just can't help interrupting you and saying i can see that green hat over your right shoulder and i'm like i have got that exact same hat it's outstanding that is it's right underneath a sombrero yeah it's yeah uh, i see the uh, sombrero as well I've got one of those in the cupboard behind me and, and um, we should probably put our hats on at the end, you know, just before we sign off. Absolutely. You probably should have closed that closet now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it has been distracting me the whole way through, just thought I'd yeah. say. Oh. I guess I could say it's Lisa's hat, but I'd probably be lying. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so that's obviously, uh, that's the dress-up shelf. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've we like to uh, keep the fun in uh, in all of our sessions so we'll often do dress up days uh, okay. i think our next one coming up is uh, st patty's day so uh, yes yes middle of march looking forward to that uh, not far so away we'll make an appearance um, excellent we'll have balloons and uh, people will have no idea what's going on or <laughs> into us. i guess that's that's living with the uh, the brand the unruly company right yes it's it has to be fun like you yeah. know i'm not here to uh, be serious and uh, not enjoy this i'm not, if i'm going to be playing with people all day i'm going to be playing with people all day yes it's, it's, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. it's that's part of like my own personal brand is uh you know we're going to have fun this is playing yeah uh, you know we're we are all adults here and why not have fun fantastic that's awesome yeah. and that's quite a nice note to to finish on i reckon 
and uh, and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, Alexander. It's been great chatting, and I've learned a lot more than I thought I was going to. So um, really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PT Graduate. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button. And I'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too. Cheers for now.